0: Feel This with Frank and Jess. Welcome to Feel This, a series of experiential conversations between me, Jessica Olber-Singleton, and Frank D'Amato, where we explore trauma, healing, and awakening through the lens of relationship.
1: Welcome. Welcome, Jess.
0: Thanks. Welcome to you.
1: Yeah. Welcome to Feel This. Welcome, everyone. Ah, It's good to be back. (laughs) We missed a week. You all didn't miss a week, but we missed a week. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Well, we'll get started the way we always start, with a little grounding presence. We'll see what's alive inside us, inside me, inside you, Jess, and inside you, the listener, as we embark on our journey of awareness and thoughts and emotions and ourselves. Let's go. <laughs> here we go. Uh, so starting with the breath here, just bringing awareness to uh, breath in the moment. And again, you can do this even if you're um, doing another activity while you listen to this podcast. You can just also begin to expand your awareness to include the sensation of air coming into the nose, into the chest, into the body, and bringing our awareness
2: into the body itself.
1: This is something you can practice. What we typically do as we become aware of our body is we kind of like look down at our body as if the eye of who we are is up in our head behind our eyes, which is where it usually our default place it sits. And we look down from that space and look down at our hands or our belly or our heart. But we're actually going to try practicing something slightly different, which is rather than looking down at our body, Invite you to imagine your awareness as a ball of light that is currently sitting up in your head. And we're just going to slowly start to drop it down from that space behind our eyes, and then just beginning to drop down our awareness a little bit down to the nose and mouth, down to the chin.
2: Let it sink down a little more into the throat and dropping down into the chest area and dropping down even further right around the heart.
1: And what you might notice, since we have such a propensity and comfort at living up in our heads, that even if you can drop down for a moment or two Your consciousness tends to like shoot back up into thought. And that's okay. Just kind of noticing that. And then as it begins to, just kind of slowly, gently, but persistently, drop it
2: back down, down through the throat, into the chest and heart. You could even drop it down all the way down into the belly. And you can stay there
1: in the belly. And I'm just going to say a little why this is important, but you don't have to worry about understanding it. Just kind of let your body take it in if you just leave your awareness centered in your belly, which is maybe the most powerful way we can directly impact, self-regulate our nervous system is by bringing this light, this ball of awareness down into our body when we're feeling maybe dysregulated or even flattened, having a numb aspect to our nervous system. This practice of just bringing and allowing our pure awareness to be in the body is the most powerful way we can directly connect to our nervous system and help it start to soften. And when our nervous system softens, our consciousness begins to expand. We begin to see more possibilities. We become
2: more relational, more open to connection with others. And just feeling into the body, just kind of feeling the sensations in the belly, feeling the sensations in and around the heart.
1: I think today, as you're remaining your consciousness there in your body, I'm going to just invite some exploration. And today, we'll invite exploration around relationship. You could either explore here any particular relationships that are active in your life that maybe are feeling important to you, they might feel conflicted to you. You could also make this a kind of gen relationship with maybe people in general or going out in the world. Or it can be specific to a person. Doesn't matter. Whatever is important to your system in terms of relationship in this moment in your life. It's to see here just what's coming up for you. What what is your system feeling? Are they feeling drawn to relationship, excited about relationship? Is there something in a particular relationship that's feeling challenging to you that is maybe feeling conflicted for you? So what we just did here is kind of stir up some psychological material, relational material, and maybe just noticing not trying to fix anything or figure anything out or even track it too much, but just noticing what's happening in your body. It's bringing that awareness, that light of awareness and allowing it to just be centered in your belly and in your heart as you sit with whatever's coming up for you in relationship. Just taking this moment, as we often practice here too, to acknowledge what's coming up in you. This is such an important practice. Again, it's kind of another basic scale of inner relationship, in your relationship, relating to yourself. Taking a moment with whatever you're noticing coming up inside yourself. Just letting yourself know, kind of feeding it back, almost as if you were talking to someone else, like I hear you, whatever came up for you. Let's try to summarize it you know, as simply as you can or as clearly as you can, you feel anxious about this or you feel excited about this, and just take a moment to acknowledge that inside yourself. So what came up for you there, Jess?
0: At the end, I I noticed toward the end, I noticed that there was an observation by my parts that when I look at a relationship. And I have a part that comes forward that says, well, if you felt this way, it would feel better and you should do this and you should do that. You know, they sort of jump in and have their suggestions of how to fix it very quickly, so quickly that I don't even, it just seems like, oh, well, obviously. And by slowing things down today, I was noticing this message of like, what would it be like to tune in to what I was wanting? in that moment. Like, what am I wanting? Am I wanting to move away? Am I wanting to move toward rather than this sort of, you know, cleanup crew, have a cleanup crew. That's like, they want to evaluate, they want to quickly come up with a solution because clearly someone's uncomfortable and how challenging it is to get perspective on that, to actually see what's happening. And then to sort of untangle and give all the parts, maybe some attention to give some space to then have a different thing happen. And I guess in all of that, now, as I'm saying it, I'm feeling a lot of compassion for myself through the lens of someone, imagining someone hearing all this for the first time and thinking, well, that all sounds really nice, but how in the world do you begin to do it? I'm not at the beginning, but I'm not necessarily, it's not in part of my autopilot to give space and to say to the parts, oh, yes, of course, and to have compassion readily available. So I was sort of feeling compassion toward myself by thinking of someone hearing this that might be new to this concept that you introduced, which I I really love. I'll just add one more thing, which is that I really love the idea of noticing what's happening in the body. This is a good practice for me. Okay. As you think about that relationship, what do you notice in the body? You don't have to do anything about that. You don't need to try and fix it. You don't need to try and understand it even just to be in the space of observation. And I think about like when I'm painting, here's a color. And then what happens when I bring this other color in? Mm. Just, oh, there's no right or wrong there, but there's relationship and there's an effect that they have on each other. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you're pointing that out. It feels good. I'll just say feelings first. I was watching you as you were speaking. And as you were speaking, you had this really great smile. Mm -hmm. Your eyes were closed and you were speaking and you had this really great smile on your face that I just felt conveyed your sense of joy at your just being aware of your own experience in the moment, you know, and just speaking from it. And it was, it was very heartening and warming. And I felt very, it certainly drew me into relationship towards you um, in the now at the content level of what you were speaking to. I felt excited and glad that you were highlighting this, because it's such a subtle, it's so subtle to our thinking brains, to the parts of us who really want solutions. It's really hard for them to grasp, for those parts of us, those aspects of us to grasp the value of presence. That's the word I'm going to use. Observing feels good, but there's a a sense, a little sense of detachment in that energy of observing, which is good. I think that's a first step to kind of detach from whatever you're immersed in, in terms of detaching from your thinking and emotions, and you have begin to space. But we don't want to stay in detachment. That's a first step. We want to kind of can be seen as the first step. Then we want to come back to being with what is in presence to all of that. And the experience of just being with something. It's a very subtle and hard thing to put a finger on. One thing I, uh, I might have mentioned this before, I, I went on a um, quine therapy retreat weekend maybe three years ago with Tony Irvine Blank, who is an amazing, wonderful human being and a great IFS trainer and the creator of Intimacy from the Inside Out, which is the couple's versions of internal family systems. Um, And she's just an amazing human being. And her and her sister are both also equine therapists, so they had ran this retreat. And her sister is also an amazingly powerful uh, healer person who's been doing healing work for Maybe over 30 years. And there was uh, maybe a dozen of us on this retreat, and people in all various points of their own personal growth and spiritual development along the way. And some people were asking some questions that you do get in workshops to the leader of, like, you know, what do you do about this? And what, you know, coming from some stressed out parts that are looking for answers. The, one, the sister, not Tony, Tony Abrams' sister, I, I don't, I apologize, I don't remember her name. But she just was like, you know, uh, and she had a very matter of fact, great presence. They both do, very human, very down to earth presence. She's like, you know, of all the years I've been doing this and learning all these different things, you know, what I've really boiled it down to is just presence. It's just it's just being present, just presence. You can, you can flip all the things, you can take all the techniques, you can do all that stuff, but it's just all about being present. And when she said it, it was like, yeah, yeah, it was like, I knew. I felt I knew that, but when she said it and with all her experience and her kind of like nonchalant way of saying it too, but that came from all this experience of just knowing, it just like touched such a deep place in me that was very affirming that like, it is just all about presence. And to speak to what is presence, it's such a, it's a subtle, subtle uh, thing to be with something uh, at a very deep level. Um, and that's why we practice that that in the meditation. We want to really begin to be practice. What what is it like to be present? To bring that that soft light of awareness to our moment to moment experience and be very present. Even as I'm speaking now, being present to the vibrations in my throat, my hand on my chest, I could feel the vibrations there. I could feel my heart and speaking from my heart in this moment. That what I'm speaking. Is coming from my heart and I can feel all that as I'm speaking. So that's presence being really here in the moment. Um, I'm just going to pause there. I just felt excited and wanted wanted to put some words to something that's it's hard to put words to, but so important.
0: Yeah, it feels really good to hear that. I'm feeling more settled in my own body, sort of here, which I feel like is a, a reflection of what you, you know, the words you were saying almost are sort of bringing me more with myself, which is here with you. And, and I can feel that. Like I can feel my seat. I can feel the, I have this awareness without any effort of like the base of my spine and my sacrum. And it just feels like I'm here, here I am. And, Just now, when I was about to respond and I thought feelings first, I realized I had a choice point there, which was I could have said how I feel about what you said. I could have spoken, which would have been fine. I could have spoken about my feelings regarding the content. Mm -hmm. And instead, I realized very easily it was almost like it was happening anyway, but I became conscious of it happening that there's a different sort of What am I feeling like? What is my personal feeling experience just here right now, which is the difference between my mind, you know, my mind kind of can generate, this is how I'm feeling about what you said. Mm -hmm. And then below that is how what you said affected my being, like how I am feeling within myself and in relationship to myself and to you and to this moment, and so it was almost, it was like, okay, you know, when, when maybe what I'm feeling in the moment is a little more intense than I want to share, I've kind of got a little bit of an out. I could say how I felt about the content. Right. And part of me, not really here right now, might say, well, that's cheating. That's not what we're going for. You're breaking the rules. <laughs> but really, it's that thing you, we, we talked about a few weeks ago that's really stuck with me. It's like, I am responsible for my nervous system And so it's okay to have, it's even okay to say, I'm going to choose not to share what I'm feeling right now because I'm not comfortable. Instead, I'm going to go to content. Not that I'm always going to be conscious.
1: Yeah. So I feel a, yeah, there's like this, there's a uh, open energy that feels centered around my chest. It's kind of like this open energy feels light and it feels uplifted and again very relational like moving towards you really experiencing a lot of joy at you parsing that out again another very subtle but so important distinction to separate out the content from the energy the felt sense of what's happening underneath that you know that the content being like the kite but but what's happening at the base of the kite what's happening to the one holding the, the kite and there's value in the kite so you sorting that out, and as you were talking about the value that you could do either, it's okay, right? Like, and the word that was coming really clear and big in my mind was choice. And one of the biggest, uh, in internal family systems, we talk about the, uh, the eight C's of self, which are, I don't, I, can't, I don't have them all memorized, but they are in the realm of compassion, curiosity, Clarity, creativity, courage, courage, calm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Another great IFS trainer also said, well, you know, there's a ninth C, which I like to add, which is choice. Because when you do all of this stuff, whether one of the things that boils down to giving you this awareness, this presence, this being with your nervous system, it gives you more and more choice. When you understand I have content. I have an emotional thing that's happening underneath. And this could show up in any interaction, any moment. I have choice to make. That just feels, that, that was just what was standing out to me. And that was what was coming through in what you were saying was that you have choice. And that's what I was hearing. You have the choice. You know what? I may choose to just stay at the comfort level because to care for my nervous system. That's what I want to do to, that's my felt sense of the best choice for my nervous system in this moment is to not go to the more vulnerable place because it might become too dysregulated or it's not what I want in this moment. Maybe not what's fitting to the social environment in the moment that's not in the best interest of where I am in this moment. But I have the choice. I understand what's happening inside me. I have the option to speak for it. And this is also a great place where you have that awareness. You have that, you know what's happening. You, you have some understanding of what's happening inside you, that's when there's other practices where I may say, you know, it doesn't feel safe for me to express this in the world, in this moment, whatever I'm feeling, but I could take a moment to to acknowledge it within myself, right? Like that practice that we do, that is so powerful. So I'm, I'm staying with myself. Even if I choose not to say something, I am affirming and holding my inner experience as valuable. It's not being dismissed by me, even if I'm choosing not to put it out in the world. And then there's that secondary other practice I really like to do, which I like to say I, I, I've never heard anyone really um, promote it as a practice. I've never heard this before, but this is something that I do, which is I would call it an empathetic communication. And this, empathetic is almost telepathic, but it's not. What it, All it is is I may not feel... Like it's safe for me to express it to you. So I will internally express it to you. I will send you the energy of my expression. I will allow myself to envision the person I want to express to. This may be with a you know, let's say a person you're in conflict with, a, a family member that just is triggering you, but you don't feel safe to have a frank, open discussion about what's triggering you. And you determine like, oh, it's not really the best idea right now. But then I allow myself to Engage with the person inside myself, and from my heart, express these things that I want to express, and then allow them to receive and respond to it internally in a kind of creative imagining. It's more than imagining, but we can call it that. So anyway, all those are choices. Then, because I have all this choice, I don't feel this intense pressure of, oh, either I either I say something Mm -hmm. and I'm being authentic, or I'm being. What's the, the burden side of that? I'm being repressed, I'm shutting myself down, right?
0: Yes, I'm gonna make myself small, put myself in a box.
1: Right, this whole middle range. So I'm gonna give you a chance to respond to that, whatever's happening for you, however you wanna respond to it. But I, I have a story from my last weekend that is fitting this that uh, I might wanna explore.
0: So. Yeah, I've got a, some some responses that feel really juicy and good. So, as I'm listening to you, as you were especially I really felt my system perk up when you said I've never heard anybody do this thing. And I was like, "Ooh, ooh, what's the thing? What's the thing that Frank's figured out and Frank does that he finds value in?" And as you were describing it, what I felt was the, the word like it was like giving I felt some different things. I felt one was giving your system the option to have a sense of fullness or completion with the impulse that just because parts of you know that the situation doesn't lend itself to verbalizing it externally, that that does not put you on the drama triangle. You're not a victim of that circumstance. Your your system can still find fullness and completion with that a seed is planted and it can still grow and fruit and complete its cycle. And yeah. so I felt that it, it felt really powerful. And in that, imagining that the word embodied, it can be embodied and experienced. With that, it made me think of a, something I learned as a, as a yoga student, <laughs> 20 Five years ago, when I first became a yoga student, one of the basic tenets of yoga is ahimsa, which is nonviolence or compassion. And this one of the second basic tenets is sadhya, which is truth. And maybe I've talked about this before, but it's been a while that, and I don't know, I've never found the source of this, but what my teacher told us was that originally many, 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 probably hundreds, thousands of years ago, Satya, truth, was considered paramount, and Ahimsa, nonviolence or compassion, was sort of second. And somewhere along the way, they switched it in the writings. They made Ahimsa first, and uh, compassion or nonviolence first. And there's something in what you're sharing that felt like it really le- leaned into that. Like, I, you know, I have felt this way, and I hear people in frustration say, well, I just had to speak my truth. But you can tell there's some sense of, I'm going to use the word that feels a little strong, some violence. You know, it's like a, a, there's a violence to it. Like I did this to them or they did this to me, but this, the truth had to be spoken. And in what you're describing, I really feel the, the truth is being spoken within you. You are not holding your truth back, and yet, nor are you doing violence to your own nervous system or. To someone else's. Not that their nervous system is necessarily our responsibility, but sometimes we know, we know this is not going to contribute to the compassionate energy in relationship. So that's a little content-y, but mm-hmm. I just felt like the clarity of it felt really good. And I really want to go back to something that was at the beginning, but I'm going I'm to pause. And if you're ready to go into your story, there's one other thing I want to name from previously.
2: Good.
0: Should I name it now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's see if I can find it. This idea you spoke, I felt my system really come alive at parts that were like pulling out their notepads and taking notes was the difference between presence and observation. Mm. And the observation for me, I have to remove myself from the situation I think you named it like that. And that's very much how it feels to me. It's like I've floated above and I'm watching and there's great value in that. And I think it's one of the, the things I experience here on this podcast that when I really embody my own process as I am verbalizing it, I cannot be with it and observe it at the same time. I can't be fully in the experience of maybe bringing words you know letting what's in me be born or come up out of the ground and grow into whatever it is you know i can't be in that and be fully removed enough to just watch it happen at the same time there's something about seeing that as a choice point do i step back or do i go fully in and trust life trust the moment i saw as sort of my as a sort of personal totem A long time ago, you and I read this book about Mary Magdalene and we did a, we talked about it on, on YouTube some, but I saw her sitting by the tomb where I just saw, I saw and I felt that, that being, she was being with the experience as it was happening. And I could feel in myself, the difference in my own awareness of sort of floating above that and watching it happen versus almost feeling my physically sitting down against, you know, on the sand or the, you know, against the warm rock sitting with her, that, that being with what is, I thought about your mantra. Anyway, it all just really came together, many different threads that we have spoken about in this podcast in previous times. It really felt like it was all becoming more embodied in me and the value that that has. And it's like, I can feel more of my parts being willing to give up because my observational self, which I will continue to use, served me really well, but there's a limit. There's a limit to what it can experience because it has to leave the the situation. And thank God I had it. Right. But can I trust enough to come back into my body and into the experience and lose the ability to watch it as well as I can when I'm outside of it. Mm. And that was a whole lot. So whatever, if you just whatever you want to respond to, I'm, I feel really good having taken the time in my own system and put that into words. And I really hope that <laughs> not having been in my observational self, that it made some sense too.
1: Mm. Yeah it did it to me it, it certainly did what i was experiencing as i was listening to you i i could see energetically what you were describing of these pathways aligning these threads coming together as you were talking about it in myself what i was noticing was i see something like that you're describing words and i'm seeing it as energy and There is another mode of thinking that is much more uh, left-brain cognitive parts that can just take what you're describing and make it a two-dimensional picture, you know, and just be like, okay, yeah, just you know, and just keep it really flat, and then and then maybe my other parts are like thinking about how they would respond to it or with that something like that, and I could feel almost a little choice moment there too. Oh, the parts can go there. And they were realize we were realizing in my system, like, oh no, the 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 value is go into the experience. Let let that energy be like, re, like feel that. And so whenever it came up, it would go, oh no, stay in the stay in the visualization, the energy for me, Frank, of seeing what's happening in you as really happening in your nervous system. It's not an idea, it's happening in you as you're saying it, and I'm getting to see it. I could see it energetically happening and that experience for me is one of uh, it's in the realm of awe awe, awe. It, it is captivating it is engrossing it, you know it draws me in it it quiets the thinking mind it's it's you know watching something flower and grow it's some, it's watching a real experience happening in the now not an idea but an experience does that make sense? Like, the- It
0: really does. Yeah. I got thoughts about that and, and I'm excited about them, but I can, I can hold that. So yeah, it really makes sense to me.
1: But I totally forgot the content. Uh, the content was even, I, I know, I know I still had the experience of you experiencing it coalesce but what what was coalescing is now a little bit removed from my consciousness what was it again
0: it was the difference between presence and then how I have to have to leave the situation to be an observation
1: their observational self versus the the embodied presence yeah yeah and talking about that shift uh, it's, it's really important I think many personal growth models Buddhism that they they, they they are focused on that first step because it's so huge, the the detaching, detach, detach, that, that's important. But there's this second step that I think is so the purpose, you know, it's not, it's not to stay detached. That's not our goal to be living in a detached state. We want to be living in an immersed, em, embodied, integrated state. And so we have to separate first, have some distinction, understand these are modes of being, parts, you can call them internal family systems, modes of mind. We want to be able to separate from them, be able to relate to them, but then understand there is this higher mm-hmm. self that is about embodied presence that can incorporate, embody, be with what is.
0: Yeah. As you completed that, I felt my, I felt myself settling in as you were speaking there at the end, at certain points as you were speaking, I could feel myself get excited about putting into words what I was valuing, you know, what I was getting from and valuing and getting excited about and what you were saying. And the difference, again, there's the, the kite and the body. What I was really feeling as you were talking was the distinction between one or two-dimensional and three-dimensional, and the choice of moving into a three dimensional experience and embodied an experiential experience. I don't know how to say it, but like a really, yeah, three dimensional is how it came to me. And I thought about school and I thought about all the pieces of paper or screens of information that come to you in school, how it develops the kite, <laughs> it develops thinking, observational, mind, analytical, and that, I don't know, I just felt this sort of excitement at the possibility that maybe kids could start being taught how to be, and, and this is me inside of me, but I'm projecting it into the imagined school system for some reason, how we could be stewards of our nervous system and how we could make a choice to leave something that felt too three dimensional to embody, that was overwhelming. And we could do that potentially through information or observation or analyzing. And the image that came to me was yesterday I was with, or was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. No, Sunday. Sunday. I was with my brother and his two youngest children. And we were, there was like a sprinkler set up. And his youngest, who's three, was in the middle and it was sort of like sprang into the middle and it was sort of like waist high. And then suddenly the water surged and it was sort of hitting her in the face and she couldn't get out. She just got overwhelmed very quickly. And she just she saw her dad through the water and she just was like reaching up and out to him. And he so quickly, he's very tall and he just reached over the top of all this water and scooped her out and just held her to him and very quickly she was fine and it was so interesting to see how she couldn't she was just so overwhelmed so quickly she couldn't figure out but she knew he was there Mm. he was talking to me and very quickly just tuned into her scooped her out soothed her and then we had a discussion he had a discussion with his six-year-old and said you know this is where the water needs to be for her you know, we got all that figured out. And then she was able to go into the water and come out of the water. She, could, she had her choice back. And I don't know, just something about all this that I can see sort of in that. It was really beautiful. And I'm glad the memory came back to me now to kind of connect to what we're talking about here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have an impulse to stay with it a little more to clarify what you're seeing in that with that memory that spontaneously came up for you in connection to everything we're talking about here because there's there's some yeah just beautiful moments of a natural innate response of reaching out you know in the attachment place and the response of receiving that so yeah i'm just curious yeah you know, if we took a little more time like to see what your yeah, just what connections you're seeing there or what you're feeling there as that comes forward.
0: Yeah. What I remember in the moment, because I was actually closer to her than my brother was just by like a foot or two. And I remember looking at her and not understanding, not understanding that she needed or was, you know, reaching out for help. Mm-hmm. And I remember in more of a flash, this sort of almost like a part of me coming forward that felt irritated why are you standing there letting the water hit you in the face if you don't like it <laughs> and then feeling a little bit of very quickly after that cuz by that time my brother had seen and gone in and scooped her out followed by a part that felt some shame why didn't i have the impulse you know why didn't i know to scoop her out why would i why did i stand there and let her have that experience right and right now as i'm sharing that i'm finding it quite fascinating that this is a real life thing that happened and that it is also a thing that happened that was so i don't know how you would put it into words you might have the language for this like i had my own experience it, you know very quickly so many parts and then i completely forgot about it you know until just now so I, I feel like there's probably more there, but I'm, I'm not sure you know, like, I, I don't know what to explore. So.
1: Hmm. I mean, I was, Oh, let's see. Well, the first time when you were talking about the story, I was kind of there witnessing what was happening with your brother and the his daughter and just aware of the kind of attachment movements happening and you know reaching and you know connecting and rip and soothing and then going back to play you know the whole all these various cycles and seeing it from that perspective and then the second time when you came back you now the now the spotlight was on what was happening inside you as you are processing that and the parts that were you know maybe some shame and some or some questioning and and, just all the various parts that were coming up for you internally around that and I could also see that the you in the now with a smile on your face as you're going over it and that's the kind of self-presence I could see in the now that is the restorative healing agent so I could see there is an unfolding process in the now as this memory comes back connected to what is happening here in the now and and some deeper awareness of what parts were coming up for you around that. And I could see the joy of that unfolding in the now. Yeah. And I, I mean, for me, I felt just enjoyable to witness. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't have any like sparks of like content, but a curiosity about the unfolding. Like I do have a curiosity, here's a content piece. I have a curiosity about, I'm talking to you. And as we're talking about material, something, a memory comes forward. It's connected to what's happening in the moment. And when these memories come forward, also depending on the emotional content of the memory, they could be really high. And we may lose track of the the association between what happened in the moment that was connected to this. And that's okay, but I have a an interest in, oh, okay, so we were in one area that was laying out a kind of field and it and something about this memory fit that it's still not totally clear and that's okay but I haven't a curiosity of mind in me that's like oh so this was happening and this came it's related in your internal map and there's meanings to it and so I always get curious about just fleshing those out I feel a lot of the value of fleshing those out as they arise
0: yeah yeah, what's coming to me right now is like sort of the play it's like the play between being really present and just sort of like we talk about the path we're on. One thing leads to another and here we are and then we're going to go off in this direction and that direction and and then the observational part that says how did we end up here? What led us to this spot? And what can we learn from that? What's interesting or how could observations around that create a richer experience in this now? And because once I brought the memory up, it was almost like it just sort of filled my awareness. And I was like, I don't even remember where we were before, but of course I do, which is one, the idea of being in charge of caring for your nervous system and sort of watching how a three-year-old does that, Mm -hmm. or at least a three-year-old with a healthy attachment with a parent and a parent with a healthy attachment to his child and this beautiful, like, this is how it happens. You know, this is how you begin to learn. She had the the knowing that she needed to get out of there. And that was, that was the path out of there. And, you know, she wasn't alone with that in her nervous system experience. And then the idea of choice was there, right? She chose, she was not traumatized by that experience. She very quickly settled back there was a negotiation the the situation was safe she had a choice to go back she chose to go back so that felt really related in me to what we had been speaking when you know when you brought up this the importance of choice because i get really curious like why do we sometimes have choice and why do we sometimes not where do we find choice And so I could see it all playing out among the family, you know, the, the two siblings and the dad figuring out how to create a safe situation for the three-year-old. And then part of that was she had a choice. And then also there's something, and I'm not quite sure about this. I don't have to figure it out now, but something about the two-dimensional quality, the versus the, or the sort of one or two-dimensional versus three-dimensional, there was something In that moment when she stood still and was just like, get me out of here, but didn't move. And then later when she chose to walk back through that wall of water, walk in and out of it, that felt like that embodied three-dimensional experience. It wasn't just, I have to leave and watch from a distance. I can go back in and out and have an embodied experience. So all of that feels really present and alive in my system. And yeah, let's stop there. Mm. I can feel it. I feel myself, I'm like wiggling my shoulders and I'm like having that, that ability to like go back to something that was scary for a moment and to find safety again and to be able to walk in and out through that wall of water feels really enlivening mm. to me. Mm.
1: Yeah, the ability to walk in and out of the wall of water, that feels really good. It, mm. I have, okay, choice. I have a lot of choice, sense of choice in this moment of like, oh, it seems like if we're on the path, I'm at a point where there's a trailhead that has like four signs on it. Like this path, one mile this way, this path.
0: Totally. And you pick, man. I'm. I feel really. I feel really good to go in any direction. Uh-huh. <laughs> Excited.
1: The one that my system, and it's nice, so I could even take this moment just to look at this choice moment and be like, wow, it's a great, well, one thing that came up when you mentioned choice is like, oh, that goes down. There's a a very, not as emotional for me, but maybe a little bit more analytical, philosophic Energy, but it's it's very much around consciousness, which is like, oh, and where does choice even happen, right? Like, who's who's choosing? I mean, wh- there is this sense of as we bring more awareness, we do have more choice, right? But then there's a, there's this other level of, and who's making a choice, and what what is a choice? How does that work? Who's making that choice? As I've talked about before, my little seven year old who's or six year old who's just like. Who's moving my finger? And he's moving his finger back and forth. I'm like, who is choosing to do that? I can't find the chooser. And at the core of many spiritual, I'm not spiritual, isn't the right word I'm looking for. It's not esoteric, not spiritual, but who were the monks that were going off in the desert? What were those called? The mystics, right? The myst, This seems like more of a mystics question of like, the mystics in many traditions will lead you to the path of there is no I, there is no chooser, right? There is no, there, there is just waves and experience, and we manufacture this sense of the I, the chooser, a process of creating our own ego, right? That doesn't really yes. matter, right? we, that that's an illusion. That's the self that we imagine as an illusion. So it goes down that path of like who's choosing, but I, and there was a part that's like I don't want to go down that path. <laughs> Well, it feels a little dry if in my system. Yeah, in, sure, in moment, sure. In this moment, it feels a little dry. Sometimes I get accepted. Yeah. About that, but it, But at any rate, what does feel much more rich and lush is here's this choice moment of different paths. And now I get to slow it down and be like, okay, what is, what's involved in this moment of making a choice? And I could pause. There was an impulse to just go for the low-hanging fruit, which was... A kind of immediate response to what you had just said. And, and I think that impulse probably just comes from social training. You are primed to, oh, if you just said something now, to relate or respond to that rather than, hey, let's shift tracks. Right? Sure. Right. But then I can feel, felt sense. Oh, I didn't have a lot of excitement, energy around it. There was some interest, but it, it felt a little more performative to say something in response to what you just said, like oh, I couldn't pull it up, but it didn't feel coming from a deep place in my body, which again, I only am in tune with, right? Because I'm getting in touch with my body and feeling it. And you just get this felt sense of, that doesn't feel like it's touching, touching a very deep place inside me. Then I, some other aspect of mine comes forward and brings forward these other, well, we had this, we wanted to tell these stories from earlier. There were two of them about empathetic communication and some of that. And that, and so so these little paths came out and these are all the choice moments. And there's something in me that um, is a little bit pulled in that direction. Something's coming into my consciousness, consciousness now, which is some part of me called to speak to what I'm kind of carrying in here, then really check in uh, with how I'm feeling and there was some things I'm some energy I'm carrying in. So that's here as a choice moment. So I think those are the the most clear options right now. And I'm, I could, so again, back to choice, I could just assess one of these and go, this feels deepest to my heart. This feels important to my, you know, this feels more energetically alive and, and choose one. There's also the, including and, and moving outward towards you, which just occurred to me like, oh, what comes up in you around those choices? Do you have a, a spark or a leaning or any reactions to what I, you know, the choices I'm putting on the table?
0: Yeah. The thing that feels really alive in me is related to what you're saying is not so much about the, the specific choices, but more this feeling that awareness like this growing awareness i have that in my system it's almost like the the squeakiest wheel would get the would get to go first the one that's like me 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 but more from like a um oftentimes from like a releasing a pressure valve like if one part is like louder or squeakier. I'm just like, I'm just going to, it's like when parents are at Target and the kid is like, buy me a toy, buy me it. Okay, fine. Just take the toy. <laughs> um, and so when I was listening, as part of me was listening to you and I, I was feeling into the want, you know, the, it was like a different, a different way of coming. What do we collectively want the most? And that felt really slightly different and like listening for the brightest color rather than the one that's yelling the loudest or has the most pressure. So I don't know what's true in your system, but I feel really open to whichever. And I feel like lots of space. I'm like, bring all the things, (laughs) go all down all the paths.
1: (laughs) As I'm sitting with it, what feels like the brightest color, and I liked your go down all the paths. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'll, I'll name the, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over the two stories, but I'm going to start with one that feels much more resolved. And then I'm going to tell the one that feels less resolved. The first one that feels resolved, and this is all under the heading of empathetic, in the area of empathetic communication or when you don't feel it's totally safe to speak your truth in a moment and moving towards this came, this came, when you were talking about the value, if you do do an empathetic communication where you express what you want to express, that you get this sense of completion that you, you said that earlier that really landed on me. You do you- it
0: internally when you can't do it right. externally, you do it internally. Right. So you, you have named that empathetic expression, the internal sharing.
1: Yes. That doesn't feel like a great word for that. We're, we're going to say the the term is still in progress. I have been calling okay. it uh because we often use the term empath as someone who can just feel things. So it's an but this is like a an expression that's just coming from a felt sense. Not it's not coming out into the world, but you're just expressing it from your heart energetically. Okay. So this goes back to the beginning of the pandemic, maybe a couple weeks in. Everyone was freaked out, you know, staying home and not going out and all that stuff, you know, and uh, I decided to go for a walk, but I was, my nervous system was really on alert. Like I was really frightened. I was intense. You know, I I had a lot of fear happening at that time as we all did. And I I just wasn't feeling very safe out in the world, but I was like, I'm going to go for a walk. It was a nice day. So I went for a walk and interestingly, I started to go for a walk. And I, I got at a certain point and then I just felt this thing in my nervous system. I had intended to go to the park and I got about three quarters of the way there and something in me, I was like looking around and I can feel the fear, I could feel it. Like I it was very empathetic. Like I could, whatever people I saw in the street, I could, I could just feel it like, whoa, there is, there is intensity going on in it right now. And my nervous system got really tight and, really, and I had a little kid part showed up in my mind. I heard this, word, I don't wanna go, I don't wanna go, I don't wanna go. And I just paused and I took some time to listen to that, you know, and I have this old other voice, right. That's like, it's fine. You should go to, it's good for you to go to the park. You should get old, you know, but that did not feel true to me. And I said, you know, I hear all that, but the kid wants to go home, (laughs) this fear. we're going to, we're just going to go home. It's okay. And I, it it took about five seconds, but I just knew I'm going to turn around. That part of the story is just to give you a little sense of like what, where my nervous system was in this moment. Mm-hmm. And now I'm headed back home and I need to cross Goss Avenue, which is a fairly busy street. And there was a good amount of cars. And, but my, my nervous system was like mm, really tense in this moment. I'm like, I just want to get home and I want to get home quick. And I don't want to interact with people because there's this pandemic thing. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to avoid people too. There's some people out in the street. I don't know how this is before we understood social distancing. So right. I don't know how close to be to people or not. So I'm trying to avoid people. So I'm, I go to go across the street and somebody parked their car and they got out of their car and, and they got out of the car pretty close to me. And when they got out of the car, I had a big fear reaction and I tensed up and I pulled back and I just like clearly moved out of the way from them. And then and I looked at them and they looked at me and they had this really dis, like they were disgusted face, like disgusted or like perturbed. Like they saw that I moved around them and they that bothered them. And they were also black. So I was like, and I'm white, right? So I, and I, and I immediately, I just walked around and I walked away, but I saw his face and I saw it registered as a a hurt in him. Mm -hmm. And as I was walking away, my nervous system was like really activated, but there was like a, this awareness of like, oh, he might have felt that I, I was afraid of him because of his skin color. And there was a part of me that was like, Oh my God. No, that's not. I'm just afraid of right. you because you're human, you know, like right now. <laughs> and I, I had this impulse, this part, like wanted, I wanted, like I wanted to turn around. And for a moment, I did turn around because he was crossing the street and I wanted to like talk to, him. I want, I had this impulse to be like, Hey, I didn't, it's not because you're skin or like, I'm just freaked out about this. I wanted to do that. But another part of my mind is just like, no, 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 Frank. Like that is way too complex to just pull up to someone in the street and be like, you know, have, that's just, and with your nervous system right now, with what's happening,
0: right, us, right. Like,
1: some part of me was just like, that does not feel appropriate to have that conversation right now. It's okay. You didn't do anything wrong. Just, just walk. And I started to walk, continue my walk home, but I felt that sense of incompletion and I can feel the parts of me at this point would go into a a fantasizing, like imagining doing it, which is very different. Okay. And so I want to make a distinction here. And it really comes down to presence. The old way is I would have parts that would be imagining and saying, I should have done this and imagine what they should have done and then all, but still feeling like, but we didn't do it. Oh no, why didn't we do it? And another part saying, yeah, but you can't do it. And, and running through these negative possibilities of like getting into it, you know, having it work out badly and then back and forth. And this cycling around, hi Zinnia. This cycling around all, all leading to a, a felt sense of incompletion, frustration, lack of connection, right? And like, oh, and feeling misunderstood. Yeah. I could, and that, that was the old pathway. I could see that old pathway just like right in front of me. Like, this is if I if I don't bring any new energy to this moment right now, this is how this has always played out. I'm just going to, I'm going to perseverate on this for as long as as it takes. And it's just going to perseverate and I'm not going to feel bad about it. And I'm going to wish I had said something, but other parts going, no, I don't think you really could have said something and just been stuck in that. Right. And then there was this awareness immediately, like, I, could, I can just skip all of that. And I just, as I was walking, I just put my hand on my heart. I pictured the guy and I just said everything I wanted to say to him. And it wasn't an imagining. It was a, a real expression from my heart to that person. And I just just said very plainly, hey, I'm really sorry. I saw that impacted you. Just want you to know I'm really freaked out about the pandemic. It's just, that's all it is. It's like, I don't care about your skin color. It wasn't about that. If in case that's what, if that's what it was, that's not about what it was. um, And just want you to know that. And I'm sorry for the impact of that moment. And just let myself express it. And I just kept expressing it for maybe like a minute. I just let my body like send that energy to that person. I let myself even open to that person taking it in and and open to that person can receive that energy. takes a little bit of a leap of faith on this, but allowing yourself, okay, that person's taking it in, letting them just hold it. And then exactly what you said for me, it was like, whoosh, that energy is all released. I, I'm not holding, my parts aren't going back and forth. This, I feel a sense of completion. I feel a sense of rightness. I also have a sense that that practice enables me to have better communication in my future as I go, through, you know, where, the, where there are moments that will be where it is conducive to have that conversation, where it is appropriate and safe to have that moment. It's going to be a lot easier because I've got this practice of just doing it. I have the felt sense of the experience of the true expression and the reception and the sense of completion. So that little moment has kind of hung on for me as a, a hallmark of, yeah. So I'll pause there just to see how that is landing on you and the listener.
0: Help. yeah
1: hello, dear listener.
0: Hello, dear listener. Yes, yeah, I was thinking about the listener while you were talking i I was really I was really feeling the difference between thinking it through and experiencing it, and I was feeling like right now, I'm feeling a little bit anxious, I'm feeling a little bit like. I know what he's talking about, and so I can do that too. Can I do that too? Can I I do that in my system? Because to know the difference between thinking the idea of it and experiencing it, I can feel the difference, and I feel simultaneously really excited that my system gets it, and I feel also like... I can feel the difference, the bigness of, can I be with, even if I'm not doing it in real life, can I really let myself go there and have that experience with someone, even when they're not there with me, you know, even if it's in my own imagining and that clues me into what a big thing you're describing, Mm. you know, this is at least in my system, it's big, it's really big. So I can kind of feel some of the places, the parts that are, um, what is it? They're just there's, there's kind of scared, you know. They're kind of, can we handle this? Can we do this? This is big. So.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I was as soon as you said you were speaking, you were feeling some anxiety. I was very, you know, very minorly surprised. Like, oh, anxiety. Oh. And so in response to the surprise, there's a leaning in towards you like, oh, what is the anxiety? And there was this really interesting shift or choice moment of like, there's one way of being with, with the other where I, I just really soften in my heart and I'm listening from the outside and I'm listening to like, oh, what is just what feeling? And that's a really common one way. There's another way that my system moved towards here, which was to really deeply embody you. And what I, what I basically did was kind of connected to my feeling of anxiety, because I don't feel anxiety about what you're saying, right, about the specific content. It doesn't trigger anxiety in me, but it's triggering anxiety in you to imagine this. So I want to understand that. So I, I'm going into, okay, I'm thinking about this. And I'm, I feel that anxiety and I'm feeling it in my body. I can feel it and I'm going, oh, I know what that feels like. And this is what it, in my mind, this is what I'm projecting in that moment it was like, kind of like you're walking a little bit like, to me, like walking on thin ice. Like you don't know, like, can I do this? And if I can't, maybe I'm gonna fall through. Like maybe I'm gonna wind up in some place that is feeling shame or uncomfortable. Like. I feel on shaky ground, you know, that's what that feeling is in me. And I can feel a sense of empathy, certainly like I'm feeling, I was feeling that and then compassion for like that feeling of the internal nervous state of like, uh, some- I-, I-, I don't know, I don't There's this feeling of, I don't know if I can do this. That- that's where it took me to the places where I'm like, oh, I'm-, I'm being nudged to do something and I don't know if I can do it that's the feet like, ah, and my, my nervous system kind of freezes up a little bit. Like, no, go ahead, go jump off the ledge or whatever, do whatever. You're like, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, I'm not ready yet. You know, like I, I could, you know, I see other people doing it, but I don't know. And it was interesting because I could also see that what, that fear would be for you would be some emotional feeling of shame. That's what I imagine. Like if I, if I'm unable to do it, I would feel some sense of. Should
0: or something like you can't do it. Why can't you do it?
1: I'm not good enough or that, that, that shame piece underneath that. And and then also knowing that that is a untrue burden. So it's a. Yeah. I empathize. And then I also still have the frame of mind to know like, and that's okay. Like, it's okay that you're having that experience and you're safe anyway. Like, even if you, fall right. ice, it's just a feeling state that you're going to feel if you can't do it. Right. But I know the experience of the anxiety is so real.
0: Yeah. I appreciate Like your, your willingness to like go there inside yourself to kind of be connected to me. That was very interesting to hear you describe the way I would say that the, it, it, it's not that it's totally different from what you're saying, but just to say it from my, my side, the way it feels, the anxiety is like, is this gonna be too intense? Is, the, is this gonna be the high dive instead of the low dive? Is, this gonna, is the volume gonna be more than my nervous system? And then I was thinking about my niece and I was thinking about the, the sprinkler and like, is the water too high? Like, I'm okay if it hits my shoulders, but I'm not okay if it hits my neck. What if it's too high? You know, Can I handle it? So there was a feeling of like, how I guess in the newness, the parts of me that felt anxiety, how do we control the volume? How do we, you know, how do we regulate in this? Because we can feel that there's a big jump from thinking about it, which we're real good at, to doing an experience internally. Mm-hmm. And having heard you go through feedback, what you were hearing, and kind of enter into the anxiety and speak about it from your perspective, I, picked Connected me in with like more compassionate, like a, like a teacher part. I'm a really, I'm really good when it comes to teaching people when they're like, you know, in yoga, well, I can't do headstand, so I can't do headstand. So that's that. It's like, well, there's like 20 steps between here and there, or there could be 50 steps. We can make it. It doesn't matter if you ever do headstand. Let's just see what is the thing that moves you very lightly, comfortably in that direction. So then I felt that part come online and get real curious about how do we make a tiny jump? And I don't know what the answer is, but I feel very open to that in my system. So Uh,
1: That feels really nice. That feels really good. So should I go on to story number two?
0: For sure. I would love to hear it. Yes.
1: So this one is more recent and less resolved for me. Um, so it'd be kind of curious to unpack and unfold. So as we've talked about, I have my other life of uh, rapping, and one of the main places I do that is at karaoke. And uh, of course, you meet lots of random people in these settings. the The content of the story is pretty brief. Someone was coming up to the stage, I'm uh, to the, where the performing, where they, where you perform, they were the next singer. And I am often in the dance. I'm often near the front of the stage cause I hang out and dance. So I'm, I'm always up there. And the person came up and when you got on the microphone, he, I, I was saying something friendly to him and he like looked at me and in the microphone, he said something like, Oh, you know, we got the, we got a garden gnome up here or something like that. The comment because I have a long beard uh, on the sides, and so basically saying I look like a garden gnome, which I found um, I found very insulting. That didn't feel good to me at all. It, you know it felt uh, yeah, it felt like I was being made fun of in a public way. So what happened to me, I felt this disruption in my nervous system, like, oh, my nervous system went like, whoa, that didn't feel good. Flash of anger and a strong pull. There was a pull in my body to somehow express this, right? Somehow to move towards that person and be like, what the hell was that? But I have a very strong protective response in me, Um, that's like, no, 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 that's, we're not going to run towards conflict. Hold on. And so there's these other parts of me. So now the person's singing, but I'm processing, I'm standing here like, whoa, okay. What was happening there? And I'm feeling in my body, the part that felt hurt. I feel the impulse to engage. There's a, an adult manager like, well, we can engage. What would we want to say? And there was beginning to get some clarity around along the lines of what you said, felt, when when you said that, that felt uh, disrespectful. You know, there was one area I could say it, it hurt. Ouch! That hurt. That hurt me when you said that. Two, I could make it. That's that's very personal. That's a, that's vulnerable and personal. To say, Ouch! That hurt me. It's uh, I'm saying, I'm I'm sharing my feelings at that moment. I'm saying, Ow! That hurt me. It's it's about my feelings to a stranger that I don't know. Right? So that that's that's probably the most direct and vulnerable nonviolent communication yeah there's a second in the choice realm of saying to keep it less about me make it abstract and say I found that comment disrespectful I found your comment disrespectful yeah that's about it <laughs> right like found that disrespectful and let them give them an opportunity to respond so I'm in that situation and I'm and now I'm like do I have different parts coming up about, okay, it seemed like the second version was more, what felt more appropriate. Then there are parts like, well, I don't know this person. And I also have this other map of, I come from Queens. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we used to go to bars. Like This is where, this is, this is the, the germ of a fist fight. Right. Like this is, you know, this is where violence stems from. Somebody does something that you, and then the response is some version, a, a different version of, I didn't like that. And then the other person responds, well, what are you going to do about it or something? You know, basically like you're going to, you're going to go to a fight. And so there's this map of like, and I don't know this person, and I'm not trying to start a fight. That's the last thing I'm trying to do. I'm trying to have an authentic communication and to, to speak up for myself and say, that didn't feel good. And, and I have a past history in my parts of just swallowing things like that, like just something like that happens, I have such an aversion to conflict and violence, because I saw so much violence that I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to engage in a violent way. But then the the other side of that is to not have a respectful, containment for myself. What my system landed on was, I don't really want to, I don't want to invite an engagement with this human being. I don't want to have energy with this person. Like I started to foresee a conversation opening up with this person. And there was a part of me that's like, do you really want to build bridges with people who do things like that? Like you can put your energy in the world in a lot of ways. I'm not trying to judge that person. I'm just trying to discern is that energy that I want in my realm. And there was a clear like, no, I don't want, right? Like I don't want, I don't wanna, I can have conversations about that and I could speak to it, but I don't have to, it's not my job. Do I feel like I need to? And there was a sense of no, I don't feel like I need, like I don't want to have that person's energy in my life. They can go on their blessed way. The unresolved aspect of me, I did not do that empathetic connection piece actually empathetic expression communication connection i did not do that um so it does feel a tad bit unresolved in my system but it comes back into that realm of is it appropriate to speak for that i think there's still something here on the table for me
2: hmm.
1: so i'll pause here with you and just see what's coming up and I, i'm going to first say before you respond i'm just going to check in with my nervous system because i'm noticing Yeah, it's around this unresolved, there's a little anxiety, just like, kind of like I was describing, like, ooh, am I going to fall through the ice somewhere here? Because it does not feel totally resolved, which means there's something that is not integrated here for me fully. There's something that, there's a wrinkle here that's not totally ironed out, and that's vulnerable, because if I get to see it then you all get to see it at the same time and I don't get to I don't get to tidy it up and make it all look all pretty <laughs> right you're going to see it in its raw form and, and I am okay with that but I can also sense that there's a little yeah there's a little anxiousness as I say it and uh, open up to what you're what you're feeling and and I'm before I do one more time just curious what's happening in you the listener as you hear that you know transparent expression of vulnerability and nervousness in the now, nervousness in the now, what, what that inspires in you and just taking a moment just to notice, you know, how does that feel in your nervous system, in your mind and heart to hear?
0: Okay, I'm good now. <laughs> well, Zinnia is here purring. I feel like I should give her the microphone. Um, <laughs> she could calm everyone down. No, um I am feeling grateful for your willingness to the words that are coming to me kind of go out on a limb in the sense that this is in process for you and share something that is not entirely and perfectly wrapped up with a bow, you know? So I'm grateful. I feel like I feel your your the C the EV8Cs, your courage. I don't know if it feels like courage to you, but it feels like courage to me, and I feel grateful, and I really feel a lot of resonance in my own system for the realness of this. You know, I had a couple of different one in particular, something that's probably from a couple months ago of uh, just this very quick sort of run-in with a person where there was a quick communication or even miscommunication, and my mind is sort of saying like, there's three pieces. There's the other person, there's you, and then there's the relationship to whatever extent it even exists. And I heard you sort of clearly say like, this person isn't necessarily someone I want to invest my energy into. This relationship isn't something I want to invest my relation, you know, my energy into rather. And then there's you and how it's still an even though this other thing I'm thinking of happened probably two or three months ago, I can feel how alive it still is in me and the curiosity I have of would this process you're describing, you know, some version of it help help my system. And I really loved what you said previously when you gave the early pandemic time story that it will, because it's experiential, it'll give your system something that could serve you the next time around, that maybe it can be experienced and cleared the energy in you, which then I I do believe affects the energy between you and others, whether it's that specific person. So I'm just sort of looking at all that. And I feel very, a lot of aliveness and curiosity around the value and the practice. And then I'm, I'm holding the part of my nervous system that's like, um, something in what you're describing, what you described, you know, in the the first story, felt too rich for my system. And it's like, what is the what is the slightly simpler? I'm not ready for a foie gras, but maybe some mashed potatoes. <laughs> like, what's the simpler version <laughs> that my system could, or even that your system? Maybe in this situation, there is a slightly backed away or a slightly simpler version. So I have a lot of curiosity about that.
1: Hmm. So wait, you were saying the first story felt too the first story about the from the pandemic felt like almost too rich for your system. And this one was more palatable?
0: No, no. So the story itself was fine. It was more like when I put myself, imagine myself doing what you described doing, how experiential it was it felt, and I don't know that it is, but it felt like my nervous system felt like that's too much. How do we do a lesser version of that? We don't know the answer yet. In the second story, you didn't really, you didn't really do the thing you did in the first, right? It's still incomplete in your system. And so it's more like, I was wondering, is there something here for you? And I'm having no answer, but that is a slightly very very you know variation on on what you did the first time
1: yeah well i was it's interesting because after i spoke i was opening into like okay let me try to connect to that person and express it's interesting i was doing it as you were talking and it the intensity of what i felt as far as a present experience versus an imagining or a fantasizing or, uh, you know, uh, from, an, from a part of mind but versus a true experience, right? So I'm going to say if there was a scale of that, and that feels like an important thing to, to try to discern or to feel and to get a felt sense of, it was probably like 80%, maybe 70%, 80% mental, like an imagining um, from a part with a little bit of truth in the energy and I was expressing. And so I could feel like there was value in that, but it wasn't quite... It wasn't quite as experiential; it was a little bit more of an idea. And I can sense moving towards that or continuing until it follows through would be good. But then when you said it, and I actually had the moment to be on the mic, there was silence, and I was aware I was doing it in the mo- I was doing it in that moment of silence just now before I started speaking. And <laughs> when it was happening, then it felt very visceral. It felt there was a lot. There was anger in it the part wanted to curse even. And that was an interesting moment of like, we're, we're not going to move into violence, although there is a value in allowing that part to express fully um, how it wants to. And that's, that's kind of a, that's an open choice. Again, that's something I'm still exploring. But something in me said, no, we're just going to, we're going to use the force and the energy, but to be really clear. And I could just feel in my body. Like I did not like that. That felt very disrespectful to me. And just like repeat, I could feel it in my body and like the expression of it. And that felt, mm, that was maybe the total flip. That was maybe like 80% experiential, <laughs> you know, and I can feel with that critical mass of being more experiential i could actually even begin to feel into the other person's energetic response which is like startle and like oh i'm sorry i didn't mean anything you know i i didn't you know like didn't mean to do that kind of apologetic kind of like startled and so that's really interesting so i do feel even in this moment more of a sense of energetic completion and interest right because because now there's a whole other level happening here of this, this moment, which was previously just something in my mind that I was holding on to, that I had some awareness that I processed, but there was something incomplete and I got way much further along the completion line just in here, but now it's also something that's between you and I and the listener. So Now, it's, now there's a communal mm-hmm. uh, neural are forming here right, between you and me and the listener, um, which is completely changing the energy of it for me, the meaning of it. Like now when I think of this situation, I'm not just thinking of that situation there, I'm thinking of that situation and this situation and what all of the bridges of meaning between there and then between you and I and this evolving.
0: (laughs) The face you made at the end, you're like, well, there's (laughs) all that. (laughs) Um, As you were saying that, I felt a lot of joy, I thought... Gosh, there's such a richness. I feel like I had the image that what we do in these podcasts, because part of me was, okay, let me back up just a touch. Like what you were saying, I felt this like all this potential, like this is so, there's so much here about relationship and what's worth engaging around and what's worth pulling back around and why do we engage? Why do we pull back? There's just so much there. And I thought, ooh, ooh we got to do this. We got to talk about this some more in a future podcast. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Or we won't because that's how, that's how we roll. Like we, it comes back when it's meant to. And I sort of saw us like, when I imagined us, I have a big backyard, not big, medium-sized backyard with all these gardens. And it's like, we're planting, we're very lovingly and with all of our attention, we're planting something. And then we're going to a different garden the next time. And yet it's all still here in the field. And it, it will come back around. It will naturally sort of a new layer will come when it comes. And I felt really excited about even without having to have any agenda to come back to this, we have planted, you have planted seeds in me. I have given them my attention. I imagine the listener has some of their own seeds that they're going to be experiencing and And that you are naming that even in you, the experience has changed now by bringing it here. Mm. That felt really powerful. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the basis of that whole experience, the meaning of it, the center of it's completely shifted now. And everything you described was felt so beautiful to picture the garden and the inclusion inclusion of the listener in that garden and this evolving. And I just got the I, I got the feeling of like this really is a gift. What we're doing and the the inclusion and the invitation to you, the listener, that you are a part of this. That like our garden that we're putting here and weaving and growing together, you are a part of. Like you are planting your own. Your seeds are growing within you of your own self-awareness and growth in your own life. And you're a part of this. And so you naming that just felt so good, and so clear. And I, I had more of a felt sense of the value of what we're doing and that other people are along for the ride and, and getting a version of what we're getting out of it. They're getting their version of what comes out of the garden. So...
0: Yeah. And I know we need to finish, but I did want to name that. I felt so much life in me when you named your anger, when you spoke to that, it was there. And then you spoke, you know, you had some energy when you said that really, I didn't like, I don't remember what your words were, but the energy. And I just was like, I felt very glad like I felt so, and not that I've been waiting for it, or it, it just was like so much life and energy in, in naming your anger. And I felt excited ah. for the podcast space for me and the listener and for you.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I've got another future story for you, but I'm going to hold on to it for now. Okay, so. cool. Well, thank you all for joining us today. Thank you, Jess. Thank you, the listener. I, I, I hope something really moved you today inspired you, touched you, gave you something to to be with that touched something in you, that you became aware of something in yourself, perhaps that you didn't know before and maybe can see it in a more open-hearted way. So see you next time.
0: See
2: you next time.